keep seeing everybody say, oh, I'm going to be embarrassed to see my mama on the Freak Nick documentary or my auntie on the Freak Nick documentary. But why are you not afraid to see your raggedy Uncle Earl? Because every time he comes over, the female company is asked to put on a jacket. What was he doing at Freak Nick? Give a fuck a lot of hands, motherfucker. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to uh, Black Explaining the Podcast. It is episode 11. Look, see, I checked before I started recording today, y'all. Thank you so much for coming back and thank you for joining me again for another illustrious episode. Um, It's a lot going on right now. It is officially summertime in Milwaukee, so that means sun's out, guns out. And I mean, and by guns, I want to see everything. I want to see cheeks. I want to see uh, upper and lower titty meat. I'm trying to see arms. I'm trying to see elbows. I'm trying to see toes, okay? But don't forget to put on lotion because all of those body parts I listed, I don't want to see them ashy, okay? So moisturize, put on a cute outfit, and then go outside. Men included, okay? If you want to let your titties out, let your titties out. Don't forget to put on some lotion, because we putting ashy people online this year, okay? You need to be shamed into taking care of your skin, all right? Um, yeah, it's summertime, it's warm outside, we back outside, we back in the streets. I mean, I never left the streets, I was just in the streets with a jacket on, um, because as you know, as a Wisconsinite, I am immune to the cold, so... You know, I was in the streets. I just had on a little shawl, you know, a little a little fleece, you know, a little North Face. But now it is safe to resume street activities uncovered. Okay, shoulders out, elbows out, forearms out, uncovered. It's officially the motherfucking summertime. Speaking of the summertime, um, one of the things that I saw online this week was that they are releasing a Freaknik documentary that's going to be executive produced or at least normal produced, I don't know, uh, by Jermaine Dupri. Um, and for anybody that doesn't, doesn't know, Freaknik was this party that ran for like some years coming out of the 90s into the early 2000s where everybody was just on some bullshit. <laughs> that is the best way to describe it. They was on some bullshit. Okay, Freaknik started off I want to say as like an HBCU picnic kind of thing, you know, and it's like if you've ever been to like an HBCU homecoming kind of like that, where there's like events, there's maybe some performers, there's music, there's drinks, there's probably some vendors selling food or drinks or whatever the case may be. And people in the streets, you know, they at the events, they in parking lots, they in their cars all over the place. And then it just kind of expanded from there, because as we all know, HBCU events are fun so like all types of people were there the Greek organizations people who actually go to HBCUs their friends because like I didn't go to HBCU but like last year um I went to Howard's homecoming with my sister and then our two cousins because one of our cousins went to um an HBCU so and look I'm not gonna it wasn't no freaknik level but it people was in the streets acting like they was gonna act okay because it's just like a fun you know everybody who you went to school with alumni stuff like that and I really I mean I went to college for a little bit but I ain't finished so I'm like well this is how the educated elites get down this is pretty fun I mean it was hot as hell 
Um, I and but anybody who knows me knows that I am always on the verge of a heat stroke. So that is not <laughs> it's not new. Like I'm I'm always hot, but no, it was a fun event. And I think like but it was like it was not on the Freaknik level. I'm just using this as an example. Because Freaknik was like kind of turned into like a, a a freak picnic, baby. Like niggas was women were naked. They was acting like, look, they was acting like how they was going to act, y'all. I'm busting it open, popping it, locking it and dropping it, smacking it, flipping it, rubbing it down. Anything you can think of, it took place at Freaknik, y'all. Let me, and like, I don't think people understand, like, the levels. Like, there is, like, yard, we like, we went to Yard Fest at, my sister my cousin's homecoming and you know people are dancing the greek people are strolling people are like around them and stuff like that like no i mean like there the there are women in the streets no top no bottoms shaking that thing for an audience <laughs> absolutely fine like i i'm all for we young and turn you know we gonna get down how we want to get down but you know it was it, it just kind of morphed into this thing that was larger than it was initially. And like, it drew people from all over the place. I, th I think, um, I, it was in Atlanta. I want to say, yeah, this, this sounds Atlanta ish. Uh, but yeah, like Freaknik was really just like, you know, so not only are there, you know, the, the black HBCU students and black HBCU, the HBCU students and Greek organizations and, but there's celebrities, like there's rappers, there's video vixens, like Trina was at Freaknik a few times. Like you see the footage and the videos and the stories and the interviews that people have done about it. And it was, it was massive. It drew all kinds of people, but even like white artists were trying to go to Freaknik and, you know, participate because of the kind of attention that it drew. Like it really was this kind of like massive celebration of like the music and the culture and just being young lit and fucking turnt in the streets like at its core because Freaknik really did have like you know the kind of like think of a, a rap music video in 2005 okay if you think of the tip drill video that's exactly what was going on at Freaknik and like and that, that's fun. You know, you young, you 22, you 23, it's rappers here. You know, it's other girls who are dancing and, you know, young and being kind of wild and stuff like that. That's fun. You know, I definitely, you know, if I was 22 and, and 97, <laughs> I, you would have called me a freak, Nick. Look, um, or I don't remember like the exact timeline, but I, it definitely was like, mid to late 90s that it was taking place but no like you definitely would call me a freak nick like they was when i say people was on that thing they was popping that thing look that freak nick was modeled you know after a lot of the stuff that we were seeing in hip-hop music videos you know the scantily clad video vixen that is absolutely drenched in baby oil doing this little two-step booty shake you know to niggas talking about i'm in the club i got a glock you know i'm selling stuff on the corner on the block i mean those bars y'all but um that's what that's what freak nigga was you know it was the place to be 
like literally as wild as you want it to be and like the the problem with Freaknik and especially like the type of because it was a celebration it definitely started off as like oh yeah you know let's celebrate the culture let's celebrate the music let's celebrate the time you know what I'm saying but Freaknik just kind of morphed into something that was larger than that like it was it it when during the period of Freaknik which maybe it was a week maybe it was a few days there was increased crime there was increased violence increased traffic like all kinds of stuff that are a clusterfuck to a city like Atlanta so the city had absolutely no choice but to shut it down and don't get me wrong like I am not pro Freaknik I'm not anti-Freaknik because I really don't know like as a person who never attended I like I don't know if it was it could have been cracking it could have been not cracking like I, I really don't know either way because like I said in its original conception I think it was just something small and I you know what I do think it was I, I'm absolutely certain that it is Atlanta so yeah it's Atlanta and I think that it just started off as something like you know maybe by Spelman or Clark Atlanta you know the those those black schools in Atlanta and it was just like a small thing and then it like started to gain popularity and stuff like that so you know there was increased police presence because you know it's a black festival it's attended by black people so people are like well what are all of these black people doing together having a good time we're frightened and so pressure was put on them like because white people are like well all those black people they're gathering and they're, they're having a good time so we got to shut this down and people were like well this is bringing negative negative people to my business and this is affecting my business and stuff like that so there was like heightened like what's the word I'm looking for scrutiny um from people in the community because they're like these young black kids they're together they're causing ruckus they're listening to that hip-hop that rap crap and I don't like it but you know on the other hand there was actual you know problems associated with Freaknik like there were increased reported sexual assaults people were being women and uh, for against women women were being robbed they were being attacked and within the festival you know they're being stripped they're being you know they're having their clothes ripped off of them and you know like when because women were there women were also there like obviously and they were some of them were dancing you know some of them were with the rappers or whoever they came with or something like that and because of the, the way that they were dressed you know because of the culture that we're living in men saw that as an opportunity you know to harass them to assault them there are many you know interviews that I have seen where women were like there was like 50 niggas and they was all trying to grab me and like take my clothes off and like get me on the ground or something like that or they'll be like oh I was dancing for him because you know I was enjoying it the music or whatever and they were trying to like touch me inappropriately you know what I mean like I've seen the pictures where like you know she throwing it back she trying to dance she just trying to have a good time and here comes some raggedy nigga fucking just completely palming her ass and spreading it open so you can see her private parts like that that kind of behavior is ridiculous so I'm wondering if Freaknik will take an actual honest look at some of the problems associated with the festival like this especially when you have like a culture that allows men to feel like you know 
Well, if they dancing and shaking ass, then they want to be touched because, you know, as the, 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 the hype from the documentary has kind of grown, clips have recirculated, interviews have recirculated. And the way these niggas was on these interviews talking, oh, well, don't be shaking your ass and don't be wearing that outfit and then getting mad at me because you getting assaulted or because you're getting R worded or something like that. And it just kind of further shows how, you know, the, the culture of misogyny that is sometimes associated with hip hop, like we, we gonna keep it a stack, um, can be exacerbated in situations like this. Like, you know what I mean? Like Freak Nick was definitely something that was valued within the culture of hip hop and within, you know, the, the subset of the culture that was HBCUs and like young black students and stuff like that. But, but we do have to acknowledge that within that comes those added problems. And I think especially because like, a lot of times people be like the worst thing to be is like a, a, a young turnt woman. Like you get caught shaking your ass. You get caught, you know, wearing a bikini as an outfit. You get whatever the case may be. They're like, oh my God, I can't believe women were acting like this. And they're shaking their ass and they're they're being wild and, and they're doing all of these things that, you know, make them you know, a whore basically. That's, that's what they want to call them. They want to call them a hoe. It's sluts and tra- whatever kind of misogynistic, you know, terms that men were using at the time. That was the worst thing to be, you know. So I think uh, when people are looking at the Freak Nick documentary and they're like, oh, my God, I I hope my mama don't get caught on there. What we really hope is your we, we hope that your father was not one of the 50 men trying to remove the clothing off of a terrified young woman because they felt entitled to her body. And that's the thing. Like when you have festivals like this, even like because even if you think about like when you have because I, I, I this was a spring break festival. So it was and, and, and that makes sense because, you know, this is college kids. The, the only time they got free. It's spring break or winter break, and we not doing this in the winter. So this is a spring break festival. So and people are, you know, spring break. That's when you act up. That's when you cut the fuck up. If you look at like contemporary spring break festivals, like kids going to Mexico or Puerto Rico or something like that, they're doing the exact same things. And you know, they walking around in bikinis and they dancing because you know, MTV used to have like spring break festivals where they had performers and celebrities come and they've got shows going on. And like kids are, the students, are, the, the, the college kids are there, they're participating, they're enjoying and stuff like that. And the same things happen you know women are assaulted they're r-worded and even like violence that's just associated with that like people are robbed or beat up or whatever the case may be just because when you have stuff like that tensions flare you know you you might have seen that nigga that you was beefing with in 1992 and now now y'all both like you know what well he said on site and i said on site so we it's on site you know that kind of stuff just kind of happens when you have people in such close proximity to one another But I think this is also, you know, got to highlight the double standard that exists, especially within the culture of hip hop. Like niggas get to be, you know, niggas get to be pulling out their fucking flip phone and taking videos all up in somebody's ass crack or doing the thirstiest shit I have ever seen in my life, like spreading somebody's ass cheeks open and, and taking a picture with it. Like men were at Freak Nick doing the fucking thirstiest shit you'll ever see in your life 
and the double standard that exists is that that's the type of behavior you should expect when women quote unquote act like that you know what I mean and the thing is is that like you're the 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 generation before the generations before us like I don't think that it, it probably wasn't a lot of boomers there but the gen x motherfuckers oh they was out there and they was acting a motherfucking fool and these are the same people who get on the internet and tell us that we ain't never gonna get married because uh we don't know how to be feminine or masculine or whatever the cultural divide is this week so there's just a lot of dissonance here. Like, you know, I there's nothing wrong with being a 22-year-old girl half-naked shaking your ass on top of somebody's Monte Carlo. That, they, she probably having the time of her motherfucking life. But you know where the problem exists is when somebody feels like they're entitled to her body because she's doing that. No, you ain't never seen no ass before, nigga. You ain't never seen no bitch shake no ass. Yeah, you haven't. And that's the problem. These men who are like what's that one saying that brother starving these starving thirsty ass niggas get into environments where there's just ample women and you know women who are empowered in their bodies and empowered in their sexuality where they can dance they can dress how they want to dress you know they can hang out with other women who feel similarly and they when I tell you they will act an ass every single solitary time okay every single solitary time why you think fucking Ronnie was following Diamond home from the players club that brother starving okay Ice Cube and oh my god I forget who the other actor was that was like playing his partner in players club you remember them two thirsty ass niggas mad because she wouldn't let them pay to fuck her yeah them thirsty niggas was at freak nick acting like they ain't never seen a bitch a day in their life <laughs> and we should be embarrassed that our mama was up there doing her shit no i mean my mama is a boomer okay so she was tucked in at home uh with two kids and a husband getting the master's degree okay she wasn't nowhere near Freaknik. But I got some aunties and some cousins and some members of the usher board of the church I go to who I absolutely, I would bet money that they was at Freaknik. And I'm probably going to see some familiar ass cheeks on the documentary. Mm-hmm. Like you see them ass cheeks right there? I know them dance anywhere. That's Sister Barbara. Mm-hmm. Shaking that thing for a little piece of change. That's That's her that's that's and there is no I, I have look when I tell y'all it's videos of me somewhere on the internet where I'm cutting the fuck up and if I saw that shit I would repost it immediately and been like "Ooh, I ate that <laughs> I ate that shit the fuck up because I don't care you go if it's one thing I'm gonna do if it's one thing I'm gonna do it shake my ass. I don't give a fuck. I'm young, I'm turnt, and I'll be in the fucking streets. I am absolutely not ashamed by that. But I think, especially when we're talking about, like, large-scale events like this, where there's just so much, there's so much going on. Like, the original Freak Nick had, like, job fairs and professional development, and, you know, they probably had, like, a fucking prayer brunch or some shit, like, the original conception was legitimately just supposed to be like a small little black picnic with Greeks and jobs and 
fairs and organizations that you can join and shit like that. And then when it ended as like, cause I think at the height of Freaknik, there was like 250,000 to like 300,000 people that attended. And these, like they were saying people were coming from Canada, Europe, fucking Asia, all over the place because they wanted to be a part of Freaknik, this big black ass festival that people had put together to have music, drinks, fun, you was in the streets, you know, it was niggas, for the people that was after the niggas, it was bitches, for people that was after the bitches, like, there's so much going on and it's so fucking fun, but the problem is that men don't know how to fucking act, and at the end of the day, at the end of the day, that's really always the problem, men don't know how to fucking act, they don't, men don't know how to fucking act, they don't know how to keep their hands to themselves, they don't know how to not touch people who don't want to be touched, they don't know how to just observe and look like you put a nigga in the strip club and he will absolutely be pissed off if they have the fucking sign that says do not touch the strippers no they will absolutely need yeah they'll be pissed men be in the strip club pissed the fuck off when they're like oh no touching what you mean there's all this ass in front of me that I feel entitled to because I'm a man and no one has ever told me that I have to control my urges and I can't touch it men don't know how to fucking act and they ruin everything for fucking everyone like I also think like the Freaknik documentary exposes a lot of what's like fundamentally wrong with the way we engage in conversations because like I said these same people who was at Freaknik busting that thing open splitting it down getting cracked like some crab legs be on the internet telling us that we not getting a man because we don't know how to operate in our femininity um ma'am because I feel like that thong bikini you have standing on top of that fucking Miata. Is that the type of femininity you want me to tap into? Or is there a different femininity you want me to utilize to get a husband? There's just a ton of hypocrisy here. And I don't like, I feel like because it's being like, you know, Jermaine Dupri, like I said, is the one of the producers. And I'm really hoping this isn't just like, oh, Freak Nick was amazing and they shut it down because we black, because that is a piece of it. But we also have to acknowledge the fact that Freak Nick was amazing and it got too big and it killed itself, you know, because uh, yes, the police, there was increased police presence because there were increased black people there. But there was also increased reports of violence against women, increasing reports of crime and stuff like that. And that's not stuff that's unique, you know, just to a black festival by any means, because the same shit happens at, you know, rock festivals and, you know, a fucking Beatles concert you know what I mean like you'd have the same fucking problems if I I went to go see goddamn Taylor Swift none of this shit is fucking unique to it being an all-black festival but the shit the the, the problem is is that you know massage massage noir massage noir okay that 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 hatred of the black woman that allows men to disrespect and objectify them in the way that they do was one of the reasons that black women were reporting like fucking freak nigga sucks you know what I mean like 
And yeah, there was a ton of people that had the time of their life. They had no bad experiences. And their perception is that, oh, well, we got shut down because we was just black people having a good time. Absolutely. Nobody ever likes to see black people having a good time. But we also have to acknowledge that some of you niggas don't know how to act. And like I said, this plays into a larger conversation, y'all, because the same niggas that was 22 at fucking Freaknik ripping clothes off of women, they're now fucking 40 and 50 year olds who are still perpetuating that culture of misogyny within their kids, within their home, within the workplaces that they're in. That kind of shit, like, that kind of shit evolves. You know what I mean? Like, that kind of misogyny, that kind of blatant, abusive behavior, it just fucking manifests somewhere else. You know, there's a reason every time you go to your Aunt Tanya and your Uncle Jerome's house, your Aunt Tanya is like, you need to put on some clothes because men are coming over. Yeah, the men that are coming over are the ones that were at Freaknik trying to rip the clothes off of a 19-year-old freshman. That's the kind of men that are coming over. And that's what we have still failed to recognize in our community. You know what I'm saying? Because your auntie Cynthia, who was at Freak Nick with no top zone and no bottom zone, you know, she got, she might've got herself together. She got a good job. She a nurse. She's the head nurse. She's the charge nurse. You know what I'm saying? She pay her tithes and, you know, she, she whipping around in her little, her in her Mercedes and she bought a house, but you know what I'm saying? Because women acknowledge that there is a dichotomy of people. You know, I can be the same 20-year-old that was at fucking Freaknik, you know, shaking that ass like it was my last day on earth. And I can be that woman who then, you know, played hard and worked hard and got myself to a place where I was doing well enough to where I can allow those same opportunities for the next generation. But man, let me just tell you the same niggas that were at Freaknik not keeping their hands to themselves are the same niggas that are in relationships with women who are like, well, I'm gonna keep listening to R. Kelly because he's the king of R&B. You know what I mean? (laughs) You know what I mean, okay? And them niggas are saying the same thing too. Like, well... If you're going to be around other men, you need to cover up because it's a respect thing. No, it's a control thing. You know what I mean? And you know what I mean. And this is the thing that I be saying because, like, these kind of conversations, they have it all over the place. Like, y'all be seeing the damn videos where they like, oh, well, you in a relationship with a nigga. Do he get a say in what you wear? Nigga, no. You lucky I don't fucking walk out of here with my drawers on with two fucking bottle caps tied to some damn floss. Nigga, respect these nuts. That's what I wanted to say, y'all. Oh, it's a respect thing? Respect these nuts. Kiss my ass. Ain't nobody about to, oh, well, it's just a respect thing. Like, you should want to be covered up. Why? That's the rabbit hole that I'm going to go down each and every time. Why? Well, because if you respect your man, you would want to be covered up. Why? Well, because that's the kind of thing that you should only want to be showing your man. Why? 
because yeah because you feel like your partner's body belongs to you and that is in fact false you know now it's another thing if you want to be like bitch that outfit is ugly (laughs) what the what the fuck you got on but you're not about to tell me to cover up as a matter of fact the times that I have been like about to slide somewhere with a nigga and he like oh you don't want to put on more clothes I put on less clothing I'm like oh you're so right and I went on and I put on even less clothes <laughs> that's what I'm saying y'all we worried about the wrong motherfucking thing when it comes to freak nick everybody done shook a little ass everybody done popped a little titty up everybody done shook it fast and hurt they self okay everybody there is nothing wrong we're doing something strange for a little piece of change you feel me it, it ain't nothing wrong with shaking it till you can't shake it no more nothing wrong with shaking it like a soft shaker okay maybe we can talk later ain't nothing wrong with shaking it from the window to the wall I can keep going, y'all. It ain't nothing like taking that ass to the floor and dropping it low. <laughs> it ain't nothing wrong with shaking your money maker. Like you know they about to pay ya. <laughs> it there is nothing wrong with working with some ass, yeah. Cause you're bad, yeah. Nothing wrong with it, y'all. Nothing wrong with it. But it is. There is something wrong with, you know, relying solely on the narrative that something just became too big and too black when, you know, some of the underlying evils also played a significant part in the dissolution of this thing. You know what I mean? Because like I said, it's not embarrassing to be caught shaking it fast. And, you know, standing on top of somebody, uh, 95 Ford Mustang, uh, with no bottoms on, making it clap. Nothing wrong with that. Happens to the best of us. But we really need to talk about the fucking thirsty, abusive ass behavior that had no key of phones up the crack of people asses like they ain't never seen booty cheeks before. You know what I mean? That's what we need to put a pivot our focus to. We all know they were shaking ass at Freak Nick. We seen the fucking videos, okay? We all fucking know that already. So we need to be honest and talk about the stuff about Freak Nick that we don't know much about. Talk about some of those underlying evils, those underbelly issues, okay? Because like I said, we know. We know they was busting it wide open and bringing it back. We know. Okay, we know they was running in that pussy like a crash dummy. They was bending it over, touching the flow, and shaking that ass for me. They was bringing it back. <laughs> I told y'all I could do this all day. And he, look, we all know that. But some of y'all are, we got to stop acting like there weren't other factors and other more significantly concerning things going on at this and like it's called freak nick y'all it's not called wholesome nick it's not called jesus nick it wasn't called 
uh, you know, wonderful Nick. It wasn't called, uh, uh, non-hoochie Nick. It was called freak Nick for a fucking reason. Y'all, come on. We got to BFFR here. You know, so don't don't be worried about your Aunt Tanya and your cousin Cynthia on your daddy's side who was at Freak Nick, but now they got a PhD and they doing something with their lives because your Uncle Jerome was at Freak Nick too and he had a Nokia flip phone shoved up some girl's bikini and now he live in your grandma's basement. Who's doing worse? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Okay. Cause you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, your auntie Barbara was at Freak Nick with a bikini top off, making her throwing that ass in a circle in the back of a Coupe de Ville. She was doing that. She was absolutely doing that. And she, man, it was a good circle she was making. But auntie Barbara is now the vice president of a tech startup. You know, she's out here creating job opportunities for up and coming black people in tech. And your uncle Earl, who was at the same freak Nick your aunt Barbara was at, has a DUI and lives in the garage apartment at your grandmother's house. That's what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying, y'all. We focus on the wrong party here. Okay. We know who the real villain of Freak Nick was. And it wasn't the people in bikinis. All right, that's my time, y'all. I'll be back next week. Uh, Keep tuning in. Keep tapping in. Um, Y'all know what the fuck to do, okay? Until next week, stay the fuck black, everybody. (sighs) 